happy Monday. I hope that you all had an amazing weekend and that this week is off to a great start. I am so happy to be here with you. If you are joining us live in the Fit and Faithful Moms group in Facebook, I am so excited to have you here. If you are watching at a future time, you can catch our live trainings Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern on Mondays. All of our trainings go on YouTube um, on Tuesday, and they also go on um, to Anchor, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, Samsung Music, your, your favorite podcast apps. You will be able to find them by searching for Fit and Faithful Moms. Ladies, I am excited to be here. We're talking about keeping the past in the past and what that means in terms of scripture but also what that means in terms of our health and our fitness and sort of how we view that moving forward. A lot of us are older or getting older, that premenopausal, menopausal age, after babies, we're no longer teenagers anymore. So we're going to look at the fact that things that used to work aren't going to work now and that's not a bad thing and it doesn't mean that you're a failure. So. If you are hopping on, good morning, good morning. Um, if you are hopping on and need prayer, you can drop your prayer requests below. You can also just comment an emoji. That is something that my clients and I um, share. I always say, you don't need to say anything. You can drop an emoji that lets me know that you need prayer and I will be praying for you. Um, sometimes you don't need to get into it. You just need to know someone is praying for you. So please know if you see that in the group, someone just drops an emoji on a live or on a comment or something like that, that they need prayer. Um, and just let them know that you're praying for them. Um, if you do feel like sharing, please do. That is what we are here for is to help um, not only with your physical health, but also to let you know that there's someone coming alongside you spiritually as well. So we will open up in prayer and then we will begin this live. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for the women that are underneath my voice. Father, help me to speak words that are from you. Father, fill my spirit um, with your truth um, that we can, we can get through the sorting of what this world wants from us and what you want from us. Father, help me to speak clearly. Um, lift up the women that are underneath my voice. Give them joy. Father, give them hope. Give them comfort. Father, um, remind them that you are there. Sometimes it's so easy for us to feel alone um, and the enemy just gets us in that mindset. Father, open our eyes to see that you never left us and you will never forsake us. Father, um, open our eyes to see you, to see your path from us, and close our ears and guard our hearts from what the world is trying to shove down our throats, Lord, and help us to distinguish the screams from the whispers. Lord, let us hear your whisper. Give us our rest. Give us our peace. Um, give us your joy. Give us your confidence. Remind us that your spirit lives in us. And that means that we are beautifully, perfectly made to overcome any adversity that comes against us um, with your strength not in our own. We love you. We praise you. We worship you in Jesus name. Amen. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. So we're getting into um, looking at our past, that the past doesn't have to be our future, right? That the past sort of needs to be left in the past. So this past weekend, um, if you don't know, I tore my ACL. I didn't tear it this past weekend. I tore my ACL um, in a jiu-jitsu competition on October 1st of 2021. Um, and the funny thing is, and this is a lie for another day, is I knew my body really well that I knew the minute it happened, it happened 30 seconds into a five minute round. Um, and my stubborn spirit would not let me quit. So I just laid on the ground <laughs> trying not to be choked out uh, for five minutes. And I didn't tap out, but I did stand up eventually and fall back down because my ACL was torn. Good morning, Rebecca. 
I went to the doctor the next day and I know my body. Um, my body doesn't swell when it gets injured. I don't get fevers when I am sick. I found this out when I was about seven or eight. I was super sick. My mom's like, you don't have a fever, so you're not sick. Um, and then I threw up everywhere um, and had a really bad case of the flu. And that's when my mom was like, oh, okay. So um, I don't get fevers when I'm super sick. I, I get a slight raise, but not something, you know, you feel your kids, they're super hot. Doesn't happen. Um, when I tore my ACL, no swelling of my knee. I have broken my ankle a bunch of times as a figure skater. Um, no swelling. So doctors were always like, no, you know, you're fine. There's no swelling here. It's not hot to the touch. But I'm like, no, there's there's something wrong. I know my body. Um, but that's hard to advocate for when you're 11 and 12 with a broken ankle versus when you're 35 with a torn ACL, right? Um, and the other thing is my blood pressure is naturally very low. It's, it's very low. Um, so my high blood pressure when I'm pregnant is actually someone's normal blood pressure. So they didn't know I had preeclampsia until it was too late when I tried to tell them, no, my blood pressure is low. Uh, 130 over 90 is really high for me because I'm normally 90 over 50. That's where my normal is. So 130 over 90 is very, very high. I feel this, I'm getting stars. And they go, nope, this is a normal blood pressure. And then I pass out <laughs> and have issues. I say this because you have to know your body from past experiences. You have to advocate for yourself. When I went into um, the Ortho Carolina, which is here, and nothing bad against them. I mean, they're, they're doing their job. But when I went into the Ortho Carolina urgent care the next day, um, the doctor was like, no, there, there's nothing wrong with your knee. Um, your knee is fine. You probably just bruised your kneecap. To which I said, no, I know my body. I can use my past to help me advocate for my future saying, no, I know my body doesn't respond in a normal way to trauma. It just doesn't, right? It, it doesn't respond in a normal way, but there's something wrong here. And I have to fight to get the right answers. I can use my past to fight for the right answers. So in this case, it took so long to have my surgery. It took until December 29th because I had to go to a bunch of different doctors for one to finally go, yeah, there is something wrong here. I see it. Um, let's do an MRI. Now we confirmed it. Now we can get the thing, the surgery scheduled. So October 1st, I tore it. November or December 29th, I had my surgery. Um, you can use your past to help you move forward. You can also use your past to keep you moving in the wrong direction, in comparison, in feeling like a failure as you move forward, in feeling like no one will listen to you. I could have used this past experience in a way that goes, no one ever listens to me when I say I'm sick. And because I don't have a fever and I don't show these outside signs that are normal for most people, I don't show them. Good morning, Jenny. So no one takes me seriously. No one validates me. No one does all these things. I'm not even going to go anymore because I know what they're going to say. There's nothing wrong with you. And I'm just going to be aggravated and annoyed. I could very well have done that. Now, not just with our physical body. How often do we do that with our mental state? No one ever calls me. No one ever reaches out to me. Everyone's always talking behind my back. Um, I've tried that. I've put myself out there. I can't make any good Christian girlfriends. They've all got their cliques already. I've gone to church. I don't like church. It's full of churchy people. Uh, whatever that may be for you, right? I've tried therapy. That didn't work. She didn't listen to me or my concerns. You can go that route. 
And a lot of times the world won't blame you for going that route. But when the world makes it easy, it is my cue to know that I'm probably not moving in, the, in a Christian way. I'm probably not moving in a way towards Christ. I'm moving in a way that is accepted by the world. So I could have easily said in this situation, I'm not going to go to another doctor. This is ridiculous. Um, no one's going to listen to me. No one's going to take me seriously. I'm going to have to pay for an MRI out of pocket because no one's going to believe me until I go and do that. Or I can say, I'm just going to keep searching. I know now what to say, right? I've sharpened that tool. I know, hey, this is my body. I know it's going to look crazy. It's going to look weird. It's going to look different, but... I know how to advocate for myself better now. Rebecca, we are praying for you. Rebecca is saying um, that she is in some flooding um, and they're dealing with mold. So we are cover uh, we're covering you in prayer, absolutely. Abs absolutely. Um, and I can advocate for myself. Can you do that with your spiritual health as well? Allow your past to help you move forward, to sharpen that iron, to when something happens to you, instead of going, well, this always happens to me, this is just how it is, go, all right, what can I learn from this? How can I sharpen my tool? Because if it keeps happening over and over again, there is something that God is teaching you in that moment that you haven't quite nailed yet. We think we did, we got to the next step, but we haven't quite nailed it. Yeah, we're going through it again and again because there's something in there God's trying to show us that we thought we got, but we didn't. Um, we just started homeschooling um, again. We started up today. And it was funny because both Paxton and me were like, we're doing this? Like some of this stuff again, right? Like these were lessons I remember doing. And I'm like, yes, but... It's been a while since you've been put through that test. I want to make sure you can still pass it and you really have this down pat. So instead of, you know, um, acting shocked when you keep going through the same thing, instead of acting angry when you're going through the same thing, instead of going like, gosh, like when it rains, it pours, when all of this is happening, think, I'm just going through this, this, this quiz again. Right, I'm going through this quiz of life that God is giving me to make sure that my foundation is firmly set in him and not on the world. Fast forward, um, actually I'll bring you a little bit further in the past first. So in the past, um, I started my fitness love and career with kickboxing. I started instructing at 16. That was what led me into this. Um, I didn't ask for that position either. It was really just talking to the instructor and saying, hey, um, I see you have natural talent in here. Let's get you some training. Let's get you some more one-on-ones. And do you want to train for free if you teach? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do. Training in a boxing gym is very expensive, if, <laughs> if you are unaware. So... Training for free was amazing. And I got all these different perks and it was great. Um, it was awesome. I thought it was amazing, but that was the spur of my love of fitness. So it started with kickboxing. Um, it started with combat in that way. And then it grew into more martial arts with um, jujitsu. But in between me being 16 and teaching kickboxing to 35 or six and tearing my ACL, there was a lot that happened, right? There's 20 years that happened in between that. I ran marathons. I ran half marathons. Um, I graduated with a degree in exercise physiology. I was coaching um, lacrosse teams. I was coaching baseball teams. Um, I was asked to help with a basketball team, but I refused because I had a bad taste in my mouth with basketball. <laughs> I'm 5'2". 
And I had to take um, electives in college in order to get my degree so that we knew the fundamentals of each sport and we could break things down. And I had to do basketball and I was supposed to, you know, make 10 free throws to pass the class and I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I was being petty. I hadn't found the Lord yet, but I was like, no, I'm not taking that opportunity. I've worked with athletes. I've worked with um, people in cardiac arrest in hospitals, hooking them up to machines to figure out what was wrong with their heart. I've got all this different knowledge and experience and cool things that happen. And then October 1st of last year happens and I can't do anything. I can't, everything hurts. Everything hurts. Um, I can't walk, I can't jump, I can't teach a class. Um, mind you, this is about nine months after I started this online program, right? I moved from the gym to online. I was like, I can help more people. I can meet, reach more Christians. I can be really um, in tune to helping Christian moms versus the gym, right? And, and spreading the word of Jesus. And then, it, and then it all stopped. And I could have been bitter. I could have been bitter at the doctors for not diagnosing me correctly, for saying nothing was wrong and just work through it. I could have been mad at jujitsu. I could have been mad at my opponent. I could have been mad that I went to the fight. Um, I could have been mad at a lot of different things. Instead, I said, what am I going to learn from this? The harder thing, and I wish I would have known this October 1st, that wasn't even hard. I was being set up for a bigger challenge to happen later that year. So everything was fine. It took me a long time to get the correct diagnosis on my knee and then ultimately have surgery. Um, and I, after surgery, couldn't put on underwear. I couldn't get up the stairs, I couldn't shower, I couldn't get dressed, I couldn't sleep in my bed, I was on the couch. Um, I couldn't tie my shoes, forget that. Like, I couldn't put on a sock. I couldn't put on pants. I couldn't um, wash my hair. I couldn't get in the shower, out of the shower. Um, I couldn't do anything. So from someone who was very, very active, loved moving, needs to move, is, is enjoyed, um, and released and have all this energy kicked out by moving. I was now bedridden for about four months, four weeks. I couldn't, I couldn't do any of those things. And I could have been really bitter. Just like on October 1st, I could have been bitter about those things that happened. I could have been even more bitter come January 1st, right? Or whenever all of those pain meds wear off because the first day you, you've got a nice blocker of pain meds and you don't feel much. You have a nerve blocker. You don't feel much. You, you think, oh, it's going to be okay. And then it gets really hard three days later. All that medicine is gone and I do not take heavy pain medicine. Um, I don't like it. So it was very hard and I could have blamed a lot of things and I could have said, well, I should be here by now because I was once there. I should be getting dressed. I know how to get dressed. I should be walking. I was walking yesterday and I walked into this hospital room and now I can't walk out. I, I walked, I ran, I competed. I should be able to do all these things, but I can't. How often do we do that with our weight, with our size, with our mental state. I was there once, so I should be able to get there again doing the same things I did, right? I was a size four before and I called myself fat then. And man, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have been happy then because now I'm a size 24 and I'm really unhappy. And I look back at pictures and now I'm resentful of the past me I'm resentful of my past choices. I'm resentful of life things that happened like birth and your children, whether you know it or not, you being like, well, I was fine until pregnancy. Your kids hear that. 
your kids hear that and how they interpret it is my mom was happy before me and now she's not happy because we're blaming this moment of birth and pregnancy on our weight gain and we put so much pressure on ourselves to go back to what we were before that when we were not meant to go back i was not meant to go be running things how i used to run or moving how i used to move i had to relearn my foundation god knocked me down to the point that my foundation was not built on him and the funny thing is when i was 16 and i fell in love with exercise and i fell in love with coaching people and i was learning to do this i wasn't a christian i wasn't a christian until i was 22. i wasn't baptized until i was 30. so all of this year all of those years 15 16 years i was coaching and learning in a non-christian way not based on faith not based on christ not based on God, not based on scripture, based on myself and teachers and learning and all this different stuff, which are very important. But my root goal was not based in Christ. It was based on results and getting people things and coaching people and what I could do for them, what I could do for them. I was not down to the place where I couldn't coach. I couldn't walk. I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't do basic everyday things that we take for granted because I needed to be knocked down to that level to go, I need to build this right. And I need to build this on Christ. And did I add Christ into it? Yes, but my foundation didn't have him there. So instead of resentment, which this took me time, this didn't just happen January 1st. This didn't happen anywhere in January that I was happy that I was like, well, God's teaching me. No, I was very angry. I was very upset. I didn't think recovery would be this long because I was in shape going into this. I thought it was gonna be nice and easy. Someone said, um, oh, it was the easiest surgery I ever had was ACL surgery. And I was like, oh, well, it should be a piece of cake. If it was a piece of cake for her, it should be a piece of cake for me. It was not a piece of cake for me. It was very hard. It was very aggravating. Um, my poor physical therapists <laughs> saw me cry every day because I couldn't do one pedal on a bike, one circle on a bike. I couldn't get my knee to bend or flex that much. It was just stuck. Like I just did this on the bike and that was a win. And if I look back at my past, that's not a win in my past. Biking on the weekends was like something we did with the kids and teaching them to bike. Doing this, I can't even get one time around. That's frustrating. That's horrible. That's, that's not fun. So I didn't think these things right away. It took some time for me to go, yeah, it was, that pain was worth it. Isaiah 43, 18 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Don't dwell on what was. Don't dwell on size for you. Don't dwell on the fact that you may have been more active then and thinking the best is behind you. Don't dwell on the past that uh, you should have been happier then. You wishing you were happier then and being miserable now is doing your future self no good because your future self will look back on this self, this version of you and go, I should have been happier then if I had only known. Do we not say that if I had only known, right, then I would have been happier. I would have appreciated that more. You are in a season right now that your future self will look back and said, I should have appreciated that more. Instead of hating where I was, instead of hating my body, instead of hating the change, doing all these different things, I should have appreciated that more. Don't you think when the disciples lost Jesus, when Jesus was crucified, I can imagine they probably thought, man, I should have listened more when he was here. I should have paid more attention when he was here. I should have, I should have soaked it all in. I shouldn't have thought those things that I was thinking, right? 
but they can't change that past. Now, all they can do is move forward. All they can do is move forward. So that's what I'm asking you to do today is move forward. And I want you to be thankful for those struggles. You're being brought down to a place that God has allowed you to be brought down to. I know that that is painful, right? But if it's in your life, it has come into your life, God has allowed it in. Look at Job. God allowed the enemy to attack. Look at anything in scripture. God is going to allow you to be persecuted. He is going to allow you to get mixed up up here. He's going to allow these seasons to come into your life. And instead of going, I wish this wasn't happening. I wish I didn't do that. I wish I would have been different. I wish I would have whatever. We can go, okay, I'm not going to fear this. Because in that same chapter of Isaiah 43, we look at Isaiah 43, 1. Do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Two, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some hard times where you feel like you're drowning. And I like that this like gradually gets better. You're going to go through waters, right? And think of it like a heavy rain. Right, and uh, last night was a heavy rain here. We had to tread through water <laughs> to get inside. Then you will pass through rivers, heavier rain. Once you manage the puddles, then you can manage a river. Then you will go through a fire. Something like, whoa. But I've lived through the puddles. I've lived through the rivers that were trying to drown me. Now when I'm walking through the fire, I won't be burned either. I will be protected. God has allowed these things into your life to teach you something, to knock you down to the level you started building on your own understanding, to build on his, not your own. So I could have thought in January, I will never run again. I will never compete again. I will never teach again. And these are thoughts that have run through my mind. These aren't just things that I could have thought. These are things I did think. I'll never run again. I'll never be able to teach again. I'll never do a child's pose. I couldn't bend my knee. I don't know why I was so stuck on a child's pose, uh, but I was. <laughs> I'll never do child's pose. Isn't it funny? We get so fixated on little things that really don't matter that it distracts us from our bigger goal. Anyways, um, I, I shouldn't be teaching I shouldn't be coaching. How can I be coaching when I can't even do these moves? How can I be telling someone to be okay when I'm not okay? How can I tell someone to push through the hard times when I feel like quitting right now? I shouldn't do this. I should quit this too. That's what the enemy wants you to do is to quit and to give up and to think the past is behind you. The best is over, that you will not get there, that you're done, that it's over. And I stayed there for a little bit and my fellow coaches and my program know um, these struggles that I went through. But then I got to this weekend, eight months later, um, almost a year after this first originally happened and I ran a 5k and former me post or pre uh, ACL surgery a 5k was something I did on a whim right my son signed up for a race I didn't have to think twice I didn't have to train for a 5k I was just like that's a walk in the park for me, I would go out and run a 5K after not running for months just because I wanted to run and that was it. This time, I had to go on the elliptical for a long time. I had to run on this medical treadmill that like held me up and um, didn't allow me to have full pressure 
on money. It was so, I had to ride a bike. I hated medical bike riding. I love you physical therapists and I love my team that are still surrounding me of physical therapists, but I hate the bike. I hate it so much. It's the worst and I had to do it. And I still don't like it. It is still not something I enjoy, but I'm better at it now. I'm, I'm better at it now. My butt doesn't hurt as much. I get off after 40 minutes now instead of after four seconds of this. How many of you are like that with your food prep? You hate it or you hate exercise and you just cast it off. You're like, this isn't for me. I'm never doing it again. And then you wonder why you're not good at it. You're like, no, I'm just not good at it. No, you never tried it. You, you never really gave yourself a chance. That's where a team comes in to support you where my physical therapist came in and we're like, you're going to do this and we're going to start with this. You're not gonna be full pedaling. You're not gonna be going fast. You're not even gonna do one full rotation. You're not even gonna make one real meal. You're just gonna chop up some veggies. You're just gonna actually go shop. You're actually gonna look at recipes. You're actually gonna plan ahead. You're not gonna do one full rotation yet and that's good. That is progress. When I was doing this, they said, Heather, that's great. Heather, that's great. My head was telling me, this is the worst, <laughs> right? How is this good? I'm not even doing one full circle on the bike. Ladies, I think all of you can do one full circle. I was not there. I couldn't get my knee to go and I pushed so hard and it was so painful and it was the worst. But instead of fighting, and trying to get to the place where I want to be on day one, I needed to accept that this was where I am right now, and this is a win. Chopping veggies for tonight's dinner, win. Going out and making a shopping list around your recipes, win. Making breakfast, win. Making double lunch so that you have something for tomorrow, win. It doesn't have to be a whole month, it doesn't have to be a whole week, it doesn't have to be the whole day. It has to be one step. Good, good, the veggies are in the fridge, right? The chips are out of the closet. <laughs> the snacks were prepped for the kids, which means that I won't be snacking on the things that they're snacking on because I don't really want apples or whatever. It's okay, this is a win. Stop trying to be biking, and that's what I was trying to do in the beginning, right? Like biking through, running my marathon, doing what I used to do in the past. Now, you're not supposed to do that because God's creating something new. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Uh, verse 19, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He's doing a thing. He didn't have you walk through the water and the rivers and the fire for nothing. Those will pave a way in the wilderness for a new thing. It's hard because you're chopping things down in the wilderness to make a new way. Stop expecting it to be easy. There is not a path. This is a new path. This is overgrown land. You have to go in with trimmers, trim it up. You might have to weed whack. You've never turned one on before, but you're going to figure it out. You might have to pull out hedgers to make a path. You might need to, to lay some sand down, right? It might be a really muddy place. You might have to put some rocks down. You have to make the path first and then you can walk through it. I had to do this first before I could do ro one rotation, before I could then do 30 seconds, before I could then do one minute. Every time they would congratulate me. Great job. So proud of you. You did 45 seconds on the bike and I would roll my eyes. Like, yeah, great, 45 seconds. 45 seconds on a bike? That, compared to where I was, I can't even describe the aggravation. Great job, Heather, 45 seconds on a bike. All I heard was sarcasm because it was through my own lens of failure that I heard their words of compliment and of encouragement. Don't mistake someone's encouragement because of your lens of how you're viewing your current situation. God could be sending you people to encourage and uplift you, but you don't even receive it because your lens is so focused on negative. Don't. I was so discouraged. I would roll my eye. I felt like my 13-year-old son. Ugh. 
Your eyes will get stuck there. You roll your eyes hard enough, your face will get stuck that way. Right? 45 seconds. I used to ride 4.5 miles. In a second, 45 seconds. I used to be around my block, like racing my kids. And now I'm just sweating everywhere, cursing, <laughs> my knee hurts. It's the worst, it's the worst. But they're celebrating and I was criticizing. They're celebrating, I'm criticizing, I'm staying stuck. Stop criticizing yourself. Start celebrating the small steps that you are taking towards getting closer to your goal. You have to make a path. You have to make a path. You're going through something hard to cut and sharpen your shears so you can make this new path. And God says, do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? We get so focused on our feelings, on our perception, on our perspective, that we can't see the new thing that is sprouting out of us. In order for a seed to come out of the ground, it has to go through pain, right? It's a, a painful process. Think about it. It's a seed, has to rip open, it's buried in the dark, it has to fight through the ground, and then it has to break through the ground and then pop up and continue to still grow while making roots that are going to nourish it, while getting the sun that is going to nourish it. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on with you two. And that doesn't make you a failure. That doesn't mean the past is behind you. That doesn't mean, well, it doesn't, it does mean the past is behind you, but it doesn't mean the best is behind you. The past is the past. It's okay. Stop dwelling on it. Why? Not because I'm telling you to be positive and move forward because the Bible says so. Scripture says, says so. Forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. Who cares if you used to be a size four? Were you even happy then? Who cares if you were at your goal weight? Were you even happy then? Were you hungry? Right? Were you just starving yourself to get to a worldly view of yourself that you thought would make you better? No. I've been to my goal weight before and I was hungry. I didn't um, spew Jesus at all. I spewed hanger. I was hangry all the time. Meh. I want to be my best self so I spew Jesus. Stop trying to get to that former you. What worked for you when you're 16 will not work for you now. It's not supposed to. If that was the case, God would never be doing a new thing through you. He would just be repeating. And then you wouldn't be growing. You would just be getting comfortable. You wouldn't be challenged and pushed forward. You would just be stagnant and lukewarm. That's not where God calls you to be. That's where the enemy wants you, though. Looking at the past, thinking it was all great, blaming your parents for how you eat, blaming generations, blaming whatever on how you are here. But God's looking to do a new thing through you. Not through anyone else. Not through anyone around you. Through you. So stop looking at those blessings in those hard times as something that you're going to roll your eyes at. Oh, she wants me to food prep. Oh, she says, just cut your veggies. Don't roll your eyes at them. Cut the veggies. Do your quarter spin on the bike. You will get to a full spin. And I didn't get to running a 5K this past weekend without first having to learn how to pedal on a bike. And then I had to do silly 10 minutes on that bike and my butt was not happy. But it grew the muscles it needed that it's now fine riding on a bike for 45 minutes. But it didn't start that way. It hurt for 45 seconds. I can't get to 45 minutes without first going through the 45 seconds. You can't get to a week's worth of meal prep without first doing one snack. You can't get through a week of workouts without first doing one. You don't have to know everything. You can jump rope, which is the best cardio activity for you that requires no trainer, no real equipment, and no space. It doesn't require you to leave your home. It doesn't require you to do, just, just jump 
up and down. And if that's too much, well, then you can do burpees. So take your pick. Best thing for you. You can do some push-ups. You don't need anything. Your body is a weight. You can move your body around. You can do it. And you can get outside and go for a walk. You don't need to have the best kettlebell workouts and the best CrossFit and whatever else that's, you know, popular right now. You just need to move your body. You just need to cut and prep one meal. You just have to start thinking the best is not behind me. It's in front of me. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, God is doing a new thing. The enemy wants you to see all the things that you've lost. God wants to see you to see, yes, I gave you that. I will give you abundantly more in the future. If he blessed you, then he will bless you again. He did not stop working on you because you hit your weight goal. He didn't leave you because you gained 50 pounds. He's always been there. He's walking with you. Look at the new thing he's doing through your mind. Stop looking at the past. Look at the new thing. Perceive your situation in a new way. Look at it through a God lens, not through the enemy who wants you to think you're stuck. And if you feel like you're stagnant, and if you feel like the world would approve, if you did a post on Facebook, like, I used to run, I could have done this, and I really should have, hindsight, right? I used to run half marathons for fun. It's true. I'm a little sick in the head, you guys. I used to run half marathons for fun. Now I can't do a quarter spin. I can't even do a whole spin on the bike. I'm upset. People would be like, absolutely. No, I know that's frustrating. Yeah, no, you have every right to be. Those comments would come through. And if those comments come through from the world, I know I'm in the wrong direction. If you want me to stay upset, the, and the enemy does, upset, stagnant, focused on the past, I can stay there. Or I can look at the second part of that scripture and say, see, I am doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Yeah, Heather, you used to run. Stop dwelling on it. It's, it's not happening right now. It's not happening. Yeah, you used to food prep for everybody. Yeah, you used to be a size three. Yeah, when you were a teenager, you could eat whatever you wanted and nothing gained on you. Yeah, we all did. Welcome. But now he's doing a new thing, teaching you to eat correctly for your body, teaching you so that you can teach your kids to not be in this situation when they're 30. Teaching us that, yeah, our hormones change, but my spirit doesn't. Yeah, my hormones change, but my hope in you doesn't. Yeah, my situation is going to be different, but my savior is still Jesus. Yes, my joy comes from you, Lord, not on my genes. My gene size does not dictate my joy. Do I feel better when I work out? Sure. And that's why I do it. Because I can spread more joy. I can spread more love. I can move. I can go when God wants me to. I fuel my body in the right way because God put this food here for me. And I always think about my mom, right? She would say, don't waste this food. And I think about that with God, right? He's like, you're eating the foods of this world, this processed crap. And you're wasting the food that I gave you. You're just letting it go to waste or you're over farming it or overworking it. And then you bring it home and you don't even eat it. I don't want God to look at me like my mom did when I left my plate half empty. And she's like, no, you don't get dessert. You, you're wasting food. There, you didn't finish what I put on your plate. I don't want God to look at me and be like, I gave you food and you just chose not to eat it. I want to honor the spirit that lives in me. I don't want you guys to think about the past anymore because if I thought about the past too much, it would have prevented me from seeing success and celebrating a 5K almost a year after my accident happened. I wouldn't be celebrating a 5K in July or in January. I wouldn't be celebrating a 5K in October. And I was still running after I tore my ACL because after the initial injury, your body recovers a little bit. And it seems like I didn't need to fix anything. 
that happens with your mindset too. You get so, you have a painful thing happen, a painful circumstance happen. And then you realize that you could live with this and this is just how it is. Like you don't need to fix it. My knee got to that point. I was like, I don't have to fix this. I really don't, it feels fine. I'll just live with this the rest of my life and it will be fine. Then I went to stand up one day and my knee buckled and I was like, I do have to get this fixed. But we do that with our mind and our health too. Something will happen to you and then you'll just assume and accept it as normal in the way you are. But it doesn't have to be that way. Like God can still fix it, right? We just have to allow him in to do that hard work. And it was hard and it was painful and it's still hard. And there are still things that I can't do that I used to do, but I'm celebrating my wins. I never would have celebrated a 5K before. And now I can celebrate 5Ks with clients even more because I know how hard it is to get up from the couch and just take 10 steps. I know how hard it is to take one pedal around that bike. I know how hard it is to get up when everything in you is yelling at you to just stay still. It's no use. It's not gonna matter anyways. 10 months of getting up and doing a quarter spin got me to a 5K yesterday. It did not happen overnight. It did not happen in 12 weeks. It did not happen by killing myself and hurting my body and starving myself and working myself to the brink. It happened one small turn at a time. That is your health. One small turn at a time consistently over and over again will get you to where you wanna be long-term. See, I am doing a new thing. Stop doing what the world tells you to do. Stop doing the fads of the world, all of them, all of them. Stop them all. If the world is telling you to do it, you should go, I probably shouldn't. That's like my first cue. If the world is doing it, I will run from the ways of this world. If the world is doing it, then I probably shouldn't. Cue number one. Cue number two, fast results. That's what the world claims. Pills, fast results. All of this, look at how much we lost in eight weeks. Great, show me you in eight years. Let me see if that's still, that's still on you. Still off you. Did you gain even more than that back? It's not the quick, fast thing. We're not on a fast track to heaven. This is a slow, gradual change in faith. The hardships and the persecutions come to grow our faith. Stop being shocked by them. Stop being upset by them. Start seeing them for the challenge that they are. God allowed the challenge in your life. Let's rise to the occasion and go, all right, I'm going to forget the former things. What is this new thing? What is this pain going to spring up in me? I want to perceive it. That means I have to open my eyes to the spirit. I have to really not take my emotions into consideration. I have to perceive it. God's making a way in the wilderness for you. You're paving a path that your family has not been down before. You're stopping diabetes. You're stopping obesity. You're stopping emotional eating. You're stopping something. You're stopping an addiction. He's making a way in a wilderness through you. No one's been this path before. You have to make the path. If you ride horses like horse paths, you can clearly see them. The first horse that went in there did not see that path. They had to make the path. You are making the path with God, lighting your feet, one step at a time, not a marathon. And you have to walk that path over and over again for it to be cut through to be seen. The second horse that went through that path, it still wasn't a path. It was like, wait, where did we go? The third time you went around that path, it still wasn't clear. But the 300th time you went on that path, it's clear. Stop just saying it didn't work for three weeks. It takes more than that. It takes more than that. It took me 10 months to do what I used to do for a warm up. And I could view it as an upset, a failure. Oh, wow, that took forever. Or I can go, yeah, God's doing a new thing. I perceive it, God. I feel it. I feel your blessing in every single step I take as I remember when I couldn't even get off the couch without a walker. I remember when I couldn't shower. 
I remember when I couldn't put on underwear, when I couldn't put on socks or tie my shoes, and now I'm doing those things and I'm running. And I'm running and I'm gonna continue learning to run further. And you will continue to fine tune what you need to do with your health if you perceive it. It's all in how you perceive it. Is it a burden or is it a blessing? How are you perceiving your challenge right now? As a burden or a blessing? I hope this was helpful to you. I know I um, went way over my 30 to 45 minutes that I normally do, but um, God was speaking that so clearly to me this weekend as I, I ran and I run in silence. Um, I work out most of the time in silence. It is my time with God. Um, I have a lot of internal dialogue when I'm working out. Like, can I do this? Yes, you can. I don't feel like it. I got to lean on God. Um, and he was speaking, what, how are you perceiving this? as a win or a loss. And I was crying at the gym on the treadmill, uh, per usual. So someone was like, I can't believe that. And just because someone else is looking at you and is like, what are they doing? Doesn't mean that God's not doing something through you. Stop worrying about other people's opinions. You cannot control them. I can hardly control mine sometimes. So the big part of this is I was surrounded by a family of people who are now like family, my doctors, my surgeon, um, my physical therapists, my coaches, um, my other trainers. Yes, even I as a trainer needed to have a trainer to learn to run and walk and do all of this again and encourage me. Stop trying to do your health journey alone. No wonder you get frustrated at three weeks. There's no one coming in to tell you that this is good. Good job, good job, I'm proud of you. Proud of me, I've done, I. I poured corn out of the can. I'm proud of you. That's a great first step. I'm proud of you. You got off the couch. I'm proud of you. You walked one, one lap around your neighborhood. I'm proud of you. You need a support team. If you're ready for that, to say, I need that. I'm going to invest in me to grow my health, to transform what I'm doing. That's what the Methodized Mom is for. I will have you comment perceive below. If you are ready to talk about what next steps can look like when we stop doing health for the world and start doing health for the spirit, for God, and for his kingdom. Um, I'd love to know what you all got from this. Um, remember, our scriptures were through Isaiah 43. We looked at a lot of them, 18 and 19, but we also looked from the very beginning, 43, 1 through 4. Um, Thank you ladies for joining me. I hope you have an amazing rest of your Monday and I will talk to you all soon. Bye everybody.